You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to Friday's show. Jay, what's in a name? <laughs> I'm not even sure what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> well, we'll talk about well, you have a big announcement. Well, that, yeah, the, the, the Redskins and that, yes, we got we to gotta talk about that. But, yes, I do want to I do wanna welcome uh, Tucson Appliance as a sponsor of Eye on the Ball. They joined us this week, and so I want to make sure that uh, we give them a little bit of a shout-out and let everybody know that they're uh, for the month of July, they're uh, uh, donating 2% of their sales uh, to charity. So if you get over cool. there sometime this month, get yourself a deal on an appliance and do it a little good for the community. You get to pick the charity that that goes to. So we wanted to welcome them and thank them for, for being such great community partners. And he's a good guy. Chris Edwards is a great guy. You know, terrific sports fan, a big supporter of the Sugar Skulls as mm-hmm. as we were going through things over there. Um, and, and really, you know, sports across the board. He's everywhere. And so, you know, uh, local business. And so, you know, stop in and, you know, we're probably heading over for a dishwasher sometime this month. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And pick your, pick your point. Yeah. Your uh, pick your nonprofit right, but uh, to your point of what's in the name, it's the Redskins, you know, and and this thing going on with the Redskins and now the Cleveland Indians, right? And there's been a statement by them that they're uh, they're uh, reviewing, you know, the the name and what to do. Let me say something stupid before we get into some seriousness. Do you have a nickname? Jay is my nickname. Jay, Jay really? Yeah. What's your real name? Javier. Okay, so Jay. Okay, okay. Yeah, never my mind. brother. My brothers hated the first name, so they they pinned Jay on me. Okay, and you you're okay with it? I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know? Okay. You know, it it doesn't sound very Hispanic, right? But it is what it is, and I you know, and uh, this is kind of a dumb thing, but I didn't like it early on in school because so many of my teachers couldn't pronounce it. It was, it was the weirdest thing, Javier. Oh, Javier! You really? know, it was Javier and Javier, and what, you know, in town always, here. Yeah, in, here in town. I always did the hard J. It wasn't until fifth grade that a teacher that Hav Morales actually had, Mister Arrechedera, who who was Hispanic, my uh-huh. first Hispanic so teacher, fifth grade. Wow! And he could pronounce the name, and he, in fact, he wouldn't call me J. He called me Javier all throughout the school year. Right. I'm sure you appreciate that. And I appreciate that. And yeah, I, did, yeah. I was okay with it because he got it right. Yeah, that's funny. That's for, That's like 1968-ish. That is. Well, okay, let's say I started elementary school in 65, so we're probably talking 69, 70. So, okay, so still, I mean, that's <laughs> a long time ago. A long time ago with Hispanic, yeah. not very many Hispanic I, teachers. I'm, na- I'm named after a Mexican singer. Wow, wow. <laughs> who is Javier? Who? Javier Solis. Solis, okay, I have to figure My mom that had out. all his albums. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, no, and the reason I ask that is sometimes I, I have a nickname, uh, but sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. And apparently the Redskins are taking more steam to those who don't. Right. And I'm sure there are other nicknames out there about the both of us, but you know, there's people that, you know, there's people that are offended by things and maybe and others that aren't offended right. by the same thing. Well, let's take a call and we'll go to the percentages you talked about okay. uh, in a twi- Twitter. Uh, Mace, thanks for giving us a quick call. How you guys doing today? Thanks for calling. We're doing well. Well, you know, people are upset about the Cleveland Indians and they don't realize that um, they used to be called the Cleveland Spiders and they renamed the team the Indians after their catcher was killed in a car accident, and he happened to be a Native American man, and he did it to honor him. What year so, was this? You know, what year was this? Uh, uh, it was, I think, back in the 30s. 
but that's how they got the name the Indians. Yeah, it so was to honor a Native American catcher who died. Yeah, so if that's true, I don't want to dispute you, but if that's true, see how these things morph into things that we don't know. And, and Mace, that's well, that's what Steve and I were talking about right before the show. Is that you know, it, 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 part of it depends on why is the name there. Well, and and the thing is, people don't they don't know history anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm a history teacher, and I'm telling you, people people have revisionist history all the time. I teach some historical facts, and people are like, "Does know what happened?" And I'm like, "Guys, you know, prove me wrong." Then. <laughs> and, at what level? At what level do you teach? I teach sixth grade history. It's ancient history, and I get into arguments all the time with the seventh and eighth grade teachers because they won't teach like that the colonies were all set up by different religious groups. And I say, how do you teach about the colonies and not the different religious groups they had? It's kind of like teaching procreation without sex. (laughs) Well, well, Mace, you know, we appreciate that piece of information because I didn't know that. You know, to me, they've always been the Cleveland Indians. Um, And, you know, again, until somebody told me that was offensive and the Redskins were offensive, I didn't even pay any right. attention to and, it. And the Redskins thing has been going on for years. Yeah, right. We, we know that. We, we know that the, 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 the Native Americans have been, a lot of Native Americans have been unhappy with the Redskins name for a long time. Mace, Mace let me just uh, give you a quick service. What, uh, how long have you been listening to the show and uh, are you okay with it? Um, I've been listening to the show ever since uh, you started on this station. And I think it's the um, first time you've called. No, actually, I've called a few times. In fact, I called last year on the first day of school, and we talked about um, first day of school stuff. Mace, and I just don't recognize the name. Well, we're happy that you called, yes. Mace, and we hope you'll call again. And we'd, we'd love to hear from you on all kinds of topics. Yes. Especially with, your, especially with your history background. You know, I wasn't very good at that. Jay or Javier. Jay or Javier. Thank you, Mace. Thank you, Mace. Don't touch the Cleveland Indians team. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy. You're you aren't. Gonna, you aren't. And, you know, you, you made the point is that, is that you know, in, in the, the point that Mace just made, if the Indian name was provided be- to honor somebody, but now somebody else is offended by it, what do you do? What do you do? What yes. do you do? Right. Yes. And you know, we, we talked about the Florida State Seminoles, and and there was some a movement to try and get Florida State to change their name, and then they went to the Seminole tribe, and they said. We love it because we feel it honors us. That's how I would feel. Uh, we talked about this yeah. before the show. So that's how I would feel if something like that happened to the Hispanic. It just depends culture. on what the name is. Just just depends what the name is. Correct. Uh, they don't want to be the flaquitos like you know me like me. <laughs> so let's take it. We got another call. Thank you. Hey Lawrence, thanks for calling. Hey, no problem, Steve. Um, I got to follow up my buddy Mace. Now I'd like to see if somebody's going to go to the Navajo Reservation and ask Chinle High School to change their names from the Warriors. I mean, are, are they going to do that? I mean, come on. Well, that's the thing. What does it stop? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, you know, they're, the Navajo people are very proud people. I'm very well respected on the reservation for competing with them with archery, and they, we, we have a lot of respect for them because those guys would always come up and be really tough at the end of the season. But, I mean, are you going to say that? I think that Diné College, when it used to be called Navajo Community College, now it's called Diné for the people. Um, and I think their their mascot is also the Warriors, I believe. Um, and you know, the other let's look locally here. I mean, how many people are going to go in and tell Pueblo High School they got to change right. their name to Warriors when you have a fairly large community of I think the Pascua Yaqui tribes right in Pascua there, and some kids from Tonoto. 
And let's look at the set at cells. I think I still think the school. I remember when I played, we played football against cells, the junior high school. Uh, they were the Red Raiders. I mean, yeah. You know, well, there you go. And I think, in fact, you know, going for, I think Baba Kivery down there, over yeah, in cells, is the Warriors as well. Right. Right. So are you going to tell them that they they they, they have to change the name too? Uh, well, uh, t- Tom. Tom Callahan, our, our our board guy over here, came in before the show and said, you know, made a really good a, a good point that maybe we just go ask, mm-hmm. you know, go ask the the people in the community or go ask the, you know, right. the, the 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 Navajo tribe, you know, it, where the high school is, you know, right. is this offensive to you? And if it's not, are you okay with it? And if you know those kinds of things, maybe that's what you do, and maybe that's how you come up with a new name for the Redskins. You know, if there's oh, a group yeah. of Native American tribes in the area who are unhappy with it, then what should it be? Right. Well, they said they thought about changing it to the Red Red Tails. No. I think, I think yeah, I think you know to honor the Tuskegee Airmen. I think well, shouldn't the school at Tuskegee be named the Red Tails? Since after all, that's where the Airmen were from. Labeled. I mean, right. You know, it's just it gets to the point where it gets really ridiculous and silly well and it, it gets tough of, yes you know it just it just gets a point of ridiculousness a lot of these you know a lot of names have been chosen because they wanted people wanted to be you know great um you know great to stand for the warriors great people pride and everything now yeah. the only school probably that's going to get away with their name is still is going to be um probably florida uh, state no, Scottsdale, the artichokes, you know. <laughs> no, nobody likes artichokes anyway. <laughs> no, you know what really offended me was um, when I ran when I was at Pima College back in the 80s, we were the Aztecs. We were a bunch of tough, tough old hombres, you yeah. know. And they've come in now, and I don't know, what's the school officially now? No, they're still Storm? the Aztecs. The, the Aztecs? No, Jeff, Jeff Skurin called the football team the Storm for a couple of years, but everything's gone back to the Aztecs. So it's now, it's now they're, back to they're still back. They're still the Aztecs. And that's a good point, though. That's a good point. Right. The Aztecs is one. Yeah. 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 To so me, it would be legit. a... I agree with you, Lawrence. Uh, I think we both do. Yeah. And your, and your philosophy yeah. and, and your point. You make a good point. point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. At some point, we've got to say enough. No, I mean, it's, it really... I mean, it started... You know when it started? Think about when it started. 20, 20 years ago, or was it 15, 20 years ago, when St. John's went from the Red Men to the... The, what are they now? The storm, aren't they? The red, the red, red storm. The red storm, I something, believe, something so, yeah. like that. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm thinking, have they ever been really that good since then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you took a, you, what do you call that, Delilah and Samson? They took yeah. away their hair? Yeah, exactly. Cut their hair. I don't know. Well, well Lawrence, thanks a bunch. Tonight. Thanks a bunch for calling in. Thanks yes. for calling, Lawrence. Hey, let's take a quick break. We have John Wilner on the, sh- on the line, ready to go on the other side. Right, here we go. It's those guys from Tucson Appliance Company, the best appliance company in Tucson. For the month of July, we're going to donate 2% of our sales to a local charity from in-stock purchases. Come shop at our store and work with our amazing sales team. Dustin, David, Ryan, Alex, Jermaine, and Peter. You can choose from a list of local charities for us to donate to. The only way we can give back is if you shop local. Only at Tucson Appliance, where our low price is your priority. 
There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have John Wheeler of the San Jose Mercury News. John, how are you? Before we get involved with you, John, we have a caller waiting for you. But how are you doing, John? I'm good, thanks. Hope you guys are well. We're doing good. You know, we've been sitting here talking about this whole Redskins and Indians thing, and we've generated some callers for it. So we've got a, a caller who probably wants to comment on that. And, you know, there, there's some action. there was some action on this back in your territory with the Stanford, formerly Indians, now the Cardinal back in the early 70s. So that might be a little pertinent to you. Yeah, let's take the call real quick, and then John can talk about that as well. Don, thank you for calling. Hi there. How are you doing? Fine, We're thank good. you. Oh. Three quick things, really quick, that you can talk about. I'm offended by the Sun Devils because that's talking about Satan. Another thing is we have Ponce Villa downtown, and I hope they don't tear him down, even though he was a bad guy to us and the Mexicans. And also, are we going to recall all Volkswagens because Adolf Hitler had a part in making them and approving of them? I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But, you know, know Don, that. You're, you're right, Don. The list can go on and on and on. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a, uh, it can go everywhere. So you're, no, you make, an ex, you make an excellent point on that. Yeah. Because Pancho Villa, he's been down there. And I read about him. He's kind of a bad guy, but he doesn't offend me. It's a beautiful statue in his history. Right. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that discussion this week because his statue was down there and what he did when he was on this side of the state. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Don, thanks a bunch for, for Don, listening thank, and calling. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Thanks for my call. Thank yeah. you. Bye-bye. John, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. So, so, what, so what's up? How's the family? Everybody good? We're good, thanks. Can't complain. Okay. They're healthy. They're, they're healthy and everybody's still, you know, they're, they're withstanding you being in the house all this time and stuff like that? They are. <laughs> and we've just gotten, uh, we're start, things here are starting to open up a little bit. You can go to restaurants and, and eat outdoors. Uh, we, schools, it looks like schools are going to open with, for kids, you know, in the classroom. So uh, we're, we're slowly climbing out of a three and a half month lockdown here. So let me ask you, John, you had a, a nice little uh, interview with Larry Scott a day or so ago. I'm curious just how many times do you get to talk to him, uh, given that you're in the Bay Area, but still he's kind of like in seclusion every now and again, or is he? You know, he's pretty accessible to the media. Uh, yeah, He's always been. Uh, you know, he likes to you know, have his voice heard and speak for the conference uh, when it's appropriate. How often do I talk to him? Well, I mean, since about March 12th, I've spoken to him quite often because, you know, so many things have have unfolded here, you know, with regard to the virus and the shutdown. Uh, the interview yesterday was the first time I'd spoken to him in probably uh, three or four weeks, I'd say, you know, maybe even a little bit more. And his tone was definitely different. There's no doubt there's a little bit more pessimism uh based on what's about college football based on you know what's happening uh in cities and communities 
you know, across the country and, and in the Pac-12. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because we read what he said. You know, we read the quotes, and you can tell that he's he's a little bit more pessimistic than he was. But in terms of the way he sounded, you know, the, the tone of his voice, uh, you know, the way he's delivering what he's saying, did he sound way more uncertain? Did he sound like he's been beat over the head and this thing's going in the wrong direction? From, you know, from all the conversations that you've had with him, how did he, you know, how did he just sound? Well, he was definitely more, he sounded, you know, a little bit more pessimistic, you know, and I think he even said he's trying to maintain his cautious optimism, but it's tough. And, you know, he's on the phone basically every day, every morning with the commissioners of the other, of the other big conferences. And there's no doubt that their, their mood has soured a little bit here. Uh, I, I think that they feel like there's still time to get it turned around. But if things continue as they have the, for the last two or three weeks, uh, for the next two or three weeks, then it's going to get real dicey as to whether they can have a 12-game season that starts on time. We've had you uh, on occasionally, uh, more consistently here. At some point, maybe the last month or yeah, so. Yeah, why? <laughs> because, John, you are the guy in the Pac-12, okay? You get, a, you get an interview. I, I saw you get an interview with Larry Scott, and everybody – writes a story about your story. They don't go talk to Larry Scott. That's why. <laughs> but and you well, answer I'm and you answer our calls. Still on the air. And you answer our calls. <laughs> exactly. And you take our calls. That's yeah, the yeah. main thing. So so in in this time the last maybe a month or so, did your optimism kind of go to maybe ninety to hundred percent that they would do it? And where are you now? You know, I never thought that they I, I was always very skeptical of a twelve game season starting, you know, for most schools, the first weekend in September, for Arizona and a few others, you know, late August. I, I just always thought that the non-conference games were going to be a, a big problem uh, because of because of the testing, you know, especially games against Group of Five or you know FCS, the smaller schools, because they don't have the money to test as frequently as the bigger schools do. So if you're a big school, you know, are you going to are you going to line up and play against uh, an opponent that hasn't had the same pro- protocols, the same amount of testing? That always seemed to be risky to me. The travel always seemed to be kind of risky. So I was never really planning on there being a full 12-game schedule. Well, Jay uh, but talked- I'm a little bit more Oh, I'm sorry. What? No, no. What Jay talked about that yesterday, in, in as much as uh, Hawaii, are you Hawaii? Are you going to come here or or Portland State with their conditions too? I mean, exactly to your and, point. And is Arizona going to want to go to Texas, where it, which is in as much of a mess as right? we are right, right now? Yeah, and is Arizona going to want Hawaii and Portland State? Right, right. Because right. who knows? I mean, Portland State may not have tested their guys mm-hmm. that whole week, mm-hmm. so they could have 20 guys that are contagious. You know. That's that's a big problem uh, for the non-conference games. So I was always skeptical about that 12-game season. But at, for a while, I thought there was a pretty good chance they'd be able to play some kind of conference-only deal, whether that was eight, nine, ten conference games. I don't know. Uh, and I still think there's a chance of that. I, I just I don't know about 12, though. And I, I also am really skeptical that there will be any fans. And they're, you know, they're planning for, you know, they, they can, if things continue to go south here in the next few weeks, they, they've got options. Uh, you know, they are not going to shut it down completely and not play 
unless they don't have a choice because there's too much money involved and they will they will go to plan C, D and E before they before they call it quits. We've got about a minute before we go to the break, and we want you to stick around after the break. But, you know, this whole conference-only schedule thing, I know when they first started talking about it, they were talking about a full Ron Robin. So in Pac-12, you'd still play 11 games. I, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I don't see that happen. I think, we're gonna, I think there's going to be eight or nine games conference-only, and that's kind of where I'm at today. Well, the, yeah, the problem with playing 11 is how many weeks it takes up. And one of the issues, if they can play, one of the issues is going to be what happens if a team's got 20 guys that have to quarantine on Saturday, right? Right. So, you know, nobody has really addressed. There's a list of questions nobody's really answered, and, and one of them is what if a team's got a forfeit? Right. Right. Hey, if you forfeit, you forfeit. So we'll take the win over USC, right? <laughs> John, I'm still trying to get sure. to six wins. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but then but then there's no money, right? Right, right. right that's right. true. Then there's no money. The name of the game. It's the, the name of the game, the money. The TVs and the TV, you know, ESPN and Fox are a big part of this whole thing. Right. So what what kind of, you know, they it's not just about rescheduling. Uh, it's also about dealing with your TV partners and, and making something work that, that suits them. Right. Let's take a quick break here. We've got about 10 seconds before we uh, break. Come back here on 1030 The Voice. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. Where you bank really does matter. Hughes Federal Credit Union is proud to be recognized by Forbes as one of Arizona's best credit unions three years in a row. This national recognition highlights our commitment to high-quality products and services, our customer service, digital services, and financial advice. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer low rates on loans, lower fees, and many free services. Make the switch. Join Hughes today. Visit hughesfcu.org best. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have the San Jose Mercury News' John Wilner. John, so uh, back, getting back to the Larry Scott interview. So you, you, he talked about, you, you listed four scenarios, and he said that there's a whole bunch of scenarios, but you listed four that were, you know, seem to be the most likely. Playing all 12 games, a delayed start, conference-only schedules, moving the season to the spring. You talked about being able to turn on a dime. Of those, did you, was there any, did you get any detail as to what they have in mind on any of those? When they're talking about a delayed start, how long can they delay? Or if they're doing conference-only schedules, how many games? And then what the heck is it going to look like if they move it to the spring? Well, we didn't get into detail of, the, of uh, each of the plans, but they've already begun uh, preparing for a delayed start. You know, the conference only could be it could be a nine, ten, or even eleven, right? I mean, you have so much more control within the conference. Uh, they've moved. They've already made plans, uh, if necessary, to move the day of the Pac-12 championship game back a week. That would give them an extra week. You know, in case. Something comes up and teams can't play. Uh, basically, if you need a, a cushion, 
So they can move it back, and they could probably move it back one more week, is my guess, into the middle of December. Uh, the the big question about the spring, though, is, you know, you you don't want to commit to go into the spring because you until you absolutely have to, because you don't know for sure you could play in the spring, right? I mean, the spring option is only if there is no chance to play a, a legitimate schedule in the fall. Because we don't know if it's going to be any better in the spring. And there's all the issues with weather and stadium, you know, where you get the stadiums if you you don't want to play outdoors in cold weather. And the other problem with the spring, of course, is if these guys play, say, February through early April or March or, you know, late February through late April, how could they turn around and play the 2021 season Right. You know, when it would normally start, that's too quick a turnaround in between seasons. So there's t- there's a ton of unknowns and uncertainty about playing in the spring. But what we do know is that that is absolutely the last resort. They right. will try to go to conference only uh, first if, if they can't play their the normal season. Well, that conference only thing uh, it sounds like the best route right now uh, because it's going to be too quick of a turnaround. Jay and I were talking off off the air here that uh, early late August game, the first game against Hawaii. There's just no way. There's just no way. A week later, Portland State or whatever. That's never going to happen. And now you're I mean, down what two more games. Yeah, I don't see I don't see how Arizona Hawaii is going to happen given given just what's going on at Tucson right now with the you know with their delay. They're supposed to what it's Monday, right? They're supposed to officially start their extended training camp on Monday. Right. Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, and they've held off bringing any more athletes to campus and you know, we we all heard what, you know, President Robbins said uh I think it was last week or a few days ago that if they had to bring students on campus right now, it wouldn't be happening. So there's not even any certainty that there's going to be any stu- any athletes on campus, you know, in, in the in the next month. They, I think they're still hopeful and that there will be. If they don't, if they don't, that then there's then that's no football. It. Right. That's then the that's it. Thing. That's ball game right there. Hundred percent. You know, while we have you know T, uh, TUSD Tucson Unified School District announced yesterday that. At the at at least at the start of classes, all classes are going to be online. So you know that puts you know if, if you're not bringing students to campus, there's not going to be high school football for a while until you can. Well, I don't I don't know how high school football is going to manage because they're not going to be able to afford to test. Right. right? I mean, how can how you you can't play unless you can test, and you know high school budgets being what they are. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do that anywhere, and that's just it's the same thing with with. You know what used to be Division One AA, and it's right, now the FCS. smaller, smaller colleges. Have, they don't have in the NAU's and Portland State's. They don't have the money to test. I'm not even sure that you know uh, Mountain West schools have got enough money to test the way they're going to need to test. So uh, it is going to be really dicey for all those non-conference games. The more I think I asked you this question the last time. The more and more that you learn about what's going on, and if you had a kid who was eligible to play, would you want him to play? Would I want him to play? You mean this year because of the virus? Yes. Yeah. Let's yes. say let's say you had a kid who's a freshman. He, he was recruited, you know, to and he signed at Stanford or where? Yeah, let's say no. Let, let's not say Stanford because you're going to send your kid to Stanford <laughs> no matter happen. what. Okay. Not not because I don't think your kids will, John. I know they're smart kids, and I know your wife is really smart, so they have a shot. But you know, let's say Cal or let's say Washington State. You know. If you're, let's say your kid's gonna going into his freshman year, Washington State is a highly recruited player. There, are you letting him go? 
yeah, I probably am. Uh, given, in fact, I think I would want my kid to be living in the football office and in the football facility. That's the safest place. You, um, these guys are much safer in the weight room and the locker room and at the training table and in meeting rooms than they are out in the community because the schools are taking such serious precautions, temperature checks before you enter the building, health evaluations every day, incredible uh, level of hygiene and sanitation. The problems that we're seeing, the Clemson numbers, the LSU numbers, was it Michigan State, I think, uh, and even the problem in Arizona, it's not what's happening in the football facility. It's what's happening in the community. The, the LSU kids, those 30 kids, they got, they got the virus at a bar in Baton Rouge, right? Arizona isn't shutting down workouts because of how many kids tested positive on the team, right? Don't, we don't even know if any did, right? I know one there's one, ath- one athlete. I don't know if it was football or not. Yeah, one, uh, one football player out of 83 tested. One out of 83. So it's not what's going on with football. It's what's going on when they leave the facility, right? It's the community that is the problem. I would want my kid to spend as much time as possible in the football facility right now. And Washington State is one of the best places to be because I, they've got like three cases in Whitman County. And that, that speaks to another problem the Pac-12 is going to have is – Look at the difference between Whitman County and eastern Washington, where they've got like a handful of cases across the entire population compared to what's going on in Tucson. So there's this big disparity within the conference itself, not just the big schools and the small schools, but also within the conference and that's going to create potentially a problem for the for the well, Pac-12 moving forward. Well, Jay, was, we were talking to Monaco, one of the ADs, and we've been talking about, okay, so you have kids that are out, and maybe the kids do come back, the regular general population. What kind of ramifications do you say, little Johnny, who's the quarterback or the running back, you cannot be messing around, and if you do mess up, what are the penalties? Well, it's going to be interesting, because a lot about, a lot if they do play, a lot of it is going to be self-policing, right? It's going to depend on the leadership and accountability you have in the locker room and how many of your you know, 90, 95 guys are going to be smart with their time because they don't want to get sick and get their teammates sick and let their team down. So peer pressure is going to be a huge deal for determining which schools could feel the roster on a week-to-week basis. If you got a bunch of guys that don't care about their, really care about the team, that, and they go to bars, and they bring it in the locker room, and you got to shut down, you know, that's, that's a potential issue. So self-policing is going to be a big, big deal. And, and you know, it, let's take it even a step further on that. Let's say there, you, do, you are self-policing, and now, you know, Joe Quarterback, who's got a lot at stake, knows that Joe Center was a dirtbags on, on uh, you know, after the game Saturday, and he goes and tells the coach, you know, what does that do to your locker room? You no, know, that's true. I mean, I, I would imagine that, you know, that kind of thing is going to happen. Uh, you, you, if you're the head coach, you, you certainly don't want to see it, but there could be issues like that. There's no doubt about that. And, and keeping guys healthy during the week is going to cause or force coaches to get, I think, super creative 
uh, with how they practice and how they they run their meetings. And you're going to probably find cases where the first and second string quarterbacks don't interact because you don't want both those guys getting sick, right? right? So you keep them totally separate. You know, you got at least one of those two got a chance of being healthy. You, do you practice your first and second string offensive lines separately so that there's no chance that you're going to lose both both sets of players on a on a Saturday? It's going to be real interesting to see how they manage practice. Let's switch gears real quick and go to basketball. Uh, would you say that the best idea or whatever would be to put them in January in conference games only? I mean, I can't imagine when you look at the – the data, I can't imagine how they're going to play non-conference basketball games starting in November, right? I mean, that's just no way. It, you, nobody wants to be indoors. You can't be indoors, really. I mean, I suppose they could play with no fans, no fans, but I'm not sure they're going to even want to do that, given given the the transmission rate indoor compared to outdoor. Uh, to me, there's no almost no chance that there will be a non-conference basketball season this year. Could they pick up in January with conference? Maybe. You know, that partly depends on uh, vaccines and therapeutics. But uh, the the indoor nature of, of basketball itself, I think, makes it very, very risky. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, the University of Arizona's crack stat crew and what that's going to look like because, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty well squeezed into a space over there at the, at the, at the table, and I don't know if I want to be next to my brother. <laughs> no, no, but you know what? I didn't even think about that. You know, that's, we are. That's great. Right. Point. That's you know, a great you point. think about press table. You think about the scores table. You think about the benches. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about those pe- those people who sit in the front row, right on the court, and are you know swigging a coke and coughing into the onto the court. You know, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, they won't. It would be, you know, more watch the NBA. I think is a good. And I totally agree with you about your brother, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, the NBA will be a, a little bit of a, a, a good guide at, for college basketball in terms of how the operation of a single game goes and who's who's in the arena, where are they sitting, you know, where are the, is the game ops group sitting uh, how are they managing warm-ups, right? The NBA is going right. to be interesting. You're going to warm up, I think, in a, in a separate court. No warm-ups on the actual court where you're playing. Uh, but that'll, I think that uh, college basketball is going to be watching very closely just to see how the NBA manages the, the details of the game itself. Well, and unfortunately, you know, football, you know, college football doesn't have that time to look at that, you know, because they're, you know, the NFL is going to start, you know, around the same time college football is supposed to start. So, you know, you're you're right. I mean, that college basketball is going to have that advantage. But I'm I'm I, I've moved over to that side of the that side of the uh, the line with with you that I, I just don't see there being conference, non conference games in November and December. Yeah, and and we'll see where things stand for for conference. Now they could all the other thing is that, you know they can move the they could move the basketball season too. You know, yeah, they move can it back. do whatever they need to do. Uh, they can move that back. And if you end up with a, with a winter-spring football season, do you even want to be playing basketball? Right. Because right. it would just completely get lost. So maybe you move basketball, you know, you start in March, and you play through a conference schedule, and then you play a tournament in May. You know, they could do – the schools and the NCAA can do whatever, 
you know, they think they need to, to cash those checks and whatever works for their TV partners. And they'll do whatever it takes, right? They got to have the money. Right. Yeah, right. no question. John, always good to talk to you. Get John, this, this was great. Again, we're going to keep coming at you. So, you know, keep, keep bringing us the stuff and we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk to you some more. Sounds good. Stay safe down there. We're, We're trying. Great, great. Thanks, John. <laughs> Thank you, John. That was John Wheeler from the uh, from the I was Arizona Daily Star the from the San Jose Mercury, Mercury News. News. And you know, He's former. Be, before we go to break, Star. if you don't if you don't subscribe to John to his uh, Pac-12 hotline online and get his his stories and his newsletter, you ought to because there's a lot of good stuff that does affect sports here in Tucson. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break. Our last one here on Friday here on 10:30, The Voice. It's those guys from Tucson Appliance Company, the best appliance company in Tucson. For the month of July, we're going to donate 2% of our sales to a local charity from in-stock purchases. Come shop at our store and work with our amazing sales team. Dustin, David, Ryan, Alex, Jermaine, and Peter. You can choose from a list of local charities for us to donate to. The only way we can give back is if you shop local. Only at Tucson Appliance, where our low price is your priority. <laughs> in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. So, Jay, part of the business that we're in, uh, uh, newspapers or radio, is speculation. Right. We do that. So we've been doing a lot in the last few months, obviously. But now there was speculation about someone we know fairly well is Adia Barnes. And it's part of the business. Yeah, you know, and, and it's part of the business. You know, when you do a great job somewhere, then people want you to kind of you know, take a next step in, in the next level. And her name has come up through ESPN as a, as a candidate for the for the Duke job that just opened up. I'm not so sure what that means or how they came up with that other than to say she's, up and -comer. She, she's doing a great job yeah. at Arizona, so let's throw her name in the hat. You know, and we both of us have been, have been reporters and have, have gone through coaching changes, and we know sometimes that – uh, you know, people do that. They just say, "Okay, let, let me see who's the you know who's the likely people," mm -hmm. and they don't confirm or anything like that. So I'm not saying yay or nay that anybody has come up with anything that says that's a definitive. But ESPN threw her name out there, and probably get used to it because good coaches get uh, their names thrown like this. Right. Let, let's not forget that Sean Miller's name came up. You know, after a couple of years mm -hmm. after he after he got here, Lute's name was constantly coming up. How, how many times did he, Twice. Did he flirt with Kentucky? Kentucky yep. You know, and, and uh, so you know, you get a good coach and who's doing a great job and opening eyes, then of course you're going to get people who are going to come after them. And that it's like that anywhere in sure, business. Sure. No, no question. The thing about Tom and I, we talked about this before you got here. Uh, she makes four hundred thousand. She just got a nice raise. Arizona doesn't have much money. Right. Duke, they're paying their coach $1.3 million. Right. There are times when money doesn't matter. And there might be. You know, and it, it, there's a lot of things that come into play. And, I'm, you know, since I've never had that kind of money and know <laughs> what it's like to have that kind of true, money, true. I'm often of the, of, you know, of the opinion of 
there's a certain point where enough money is enough money. Correct. And if you're if you're making a million dollars a year or seven million dollars a year, whatever the numbers are, mm -hmm. what's the difference? Right. So uh, you know who knows what what Adia's uh, goals are for for herself and her family, but. You know, we'd all hope that she's not going anywhere, and we hope that... But we expect that her name's going to come up every time a great job comes up, as long as she keeps doing a good job at Arizona. No question. No question, because that's what happens in this business. That's that's exactly what happens in this business. And, and again, it happens at every level. It happens at newspapers. Mm -hmm. It happens at wherever you're at. TV stations, TV whatever. TV stations, right. it, you know, professional sports organizations. You know, Joe Blow was the manager of the AAA, whatever's, and now he's, mm -hmm. you know, major league manager. So those right. kinds of things... That's just part of the game. No question. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, there's a lot to. We have a, a big weekend here. We're not on here on Monday. Uh, we'll have a tape, uh, and tomorrow's our first show for Saturday. Right. Uh, we, we've got a show. We're, we're, we're going to start uh, playing our best of on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. So we've got our first one tomorrow. Dustin Peace, I think. Dustin Peace, who was with us uh, earlier this week and talked about you know football at the high school level and what's going to be going on there in light of the announcement that uh, school the start of school is going to get pushed back. And then Ernie McRae on Monday. I think and I, right on Monday, um, we're off on Monday for the July Fourth holiday as opposed to today. So we're going to play another best of from the past week, and we're going to we're going to replay Ernie McRae. He was a joy to have. Yeah, he was a lot of fun and uh, really well spoken, and had a lot of great things to say. So we're busy here. We are busy, man. Lots of stuff going on. We got a lot of callers today, so that's great. We love we love people calling in and and and, and engaging us in some conversation. You know, we'll tell you exactly what we think. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask you again. So what did you learn today? What did I learn today? Well, you there. know what? I, I didn't I didn't go into the six and six thing with John because I already have to fight him and I know he's probably hasn't changed his mind. So but you know, I, I learned that I think that Larry Scott is first of all, I learned he's accessible. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was surprised to me, hear that. That's why, you yeah, know, me too. I mean, uh, you know, uh, he's, you know, and, and but John seems to be the one who has the most access. Sure. And that's why I wanted to ask John, what did he sound the tone, like? The tone, the tone. Now, now right. what did he say? What did he sound like? Because you can tell from a person's tone if they're sounding no question. And or you, whatever. You and I have been in this business, and the newspaper business doesn't reflect that. It's hard to. Yeah. It's hard to. So you you kind of get a, have to have a feel for, you know, he's interviewed him and talked to him so many times. I'm like, okay, what did, did he sound like things weren't... Right. You know, wait, even with what he said... Was he saying things that were more optimistic than what he really is? Correct. So that's um, what you learned. Yeah, that's, that's, good, that's one. Of the, one. I, think, I think that's. I think that's one of the things I learned. I, I wanted. I just wanted to make sure too that there's no confusion about which brother I was talking about at the at the <laughs> scores table, because my brother Rick is constantly being thrown under the bus over his twelve and zero declarations of Arizona football every year. It's my brother Gene who sits next to me at uh, at, at basketball games and has been doing that for almost as many years as me. And like I said, I'm not sure I want to sit next to him or the guy on the other side of me, Chip Plowman, who, who's also, you know, one oh, of our assistants. Yeah, good luck with that. that. And then there's even Tom Duddleston on the other side of him. All those guys, you know, first of all, every single one of them is high in the high risk category. So that's the first thing. So I'm not sure I want to be around those guys. Yeah. Or but at least I, too close to them. What I learned today, we had some great callers uh, talking about the Indians. Right. The, the, the origin of that, origin, the origin of that name. Uh, I love that we love the callers, so if you want to Give us a call at any time, uh, but uh, the uh, the first topic we had was the name change. Well, the name change, and you made some good points about that, and, and people called and agreed with those. So you know, it, it's going to be a long process. It, it is, and you know what? When when they say they're reviewing it, I'm thinking, what do you have to review? And maybe right. what they have to review is 
Where, if we're going to change a name, where do we go to get another name? And they need to go to the people involved. Right. There's no question. Right. And, and again, we pointed out what they did at Florida State. They went and asked the Seminole mm -hmm. tribe, mm -hmm. is this okay with you? Right. And right. they said, it is. So they, controversy they, over. They can't change Jay's name to Javier because Jay doesn't like it. Or you know what I'm saying? Right. Go to Jay and ask. Go, go. Yeah. Ask him, you know, what do you go prefer? Right. And, and, and that's exactly it. I would tell my teachers, you know what? Call me Jay. Just if you're going to pronounce it like that, call me Jay. If you can't get it right, call me Jay. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, and and oftentimes in these situations, that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. You know, on Black Lives Matter, you got to talk to the to the African American people sure. and find out what's their point of view and why are they seeing things the way they are. Mm -hmm. And not to get too deep with a minute left in our show, but that's where you go. You, you're not mm -hmm. going to go ask Hispanic Jay if the Black Lives Matter is a is a legit. Go to uh, the people. Right. Go to the people who are being most affected, affected by right, that. Right, right, right. Good show today. Hey, we went a, a little political. Not political. We went to topics. There's topics that are hot, you know, in this country as they relate to the country as a whole and in sports. And you know what? We're going to be talking about this for a while because we're still a little ways away from sports actually coming on board and for us to be able to talk about games. But, right. you know, things are starting to happen. The major league teams are, you know, they're, they're training now. You still got players like a guy like Mike Trout who says, I'm not sure I want to play. A lot of guys uh, testing you know, positive. A lot of guys testing positive. More basketball players saying they're not going to play. So there's still a lot to happen, and we're we're doing a lot of speculating, but that's really all we can do right, <laughs> right now. Right, right, right. Good show today, Jay. Good to have Steve. Uh, good to have uh, our guy John on the on the line. And it was a great week, so we hope to good see week, you guys yes. back again next week. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Great. Thanks a bunch.